Air now has two premier cannabis dispensaries in the greater Boston area. Airback Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street across from the Prudential Center, serving adult-use customers. Or check out Air Watertown, located near Watertown Square at 48 North Beacon Street, serving medical patients and adult-use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the air, spelled A-Y-R, in Back Bay, Watertown, or online. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR283946, MR283886, Watertown Medical License Number RMD325. B-Pod Studios. The dynamic duo. Don't feed me crap. Of Boston Sports Radio. Yeah, get it right, stupid. Felger and Mass. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Don't worry. Be zappy. Look at this. We're going to give all the credit to the quarterback. <laughs> all the credit you to the did. quarterback. You just gave you I did know, with the, I your know. headline. What I did. We saw a sign during the telecast, and I yeah. co- we copied it for the headline segment here. Yeah, okay? Thank you, fan. Who thank made you, the fan sign. in New England that made that sign. That's exactly right. I think the big thing more than anything is that this was a game, and you heard me say this last night. I mean, Dan Campbell bit, bit his own kneecap off in this one. I don't just too much going for it. Fourth down. You know, it's the New England Patriots. It's Bill Belichick. I don't know. They go for it on the first drive of the game on their own side of the field. And, hey, Billy's, I mean, uh, you know, Zappy, Bailey Zappy. Hey, you, you want some confidence? Here's a short field to just get things going. And, you know, you just one first down. You guys can kick a field goal and you're going to be up 3 nothing. All right. And then it's 6 nothing, And now you're in field goal position. It's 6 fucking nothing against the Patriots and Bailey Zappy. And you go for it on fourth and nine? What? You're moving the ball. So there we we got there's you're moving the ball. There's not they're not shutting you out. Get some points. Get some confidence in the game. Pin Bailey Zappy back after the kick the you know the the uh, kickoff after you make the field goal. But instead we go for it on fourth and nine. And Jared Goff, I don't know what he was doing. He gets stripped sack and. Now they pick it up and it's thirteen nothing. Let alone in between there, you drove down when it was three nothing. Don't don't put this on. No, me. it's you. Don't put it's this your on fuck me. team. I'm the G men. You're the Lions. Okay. <laughs> they go, let alone it's three nothing. You drive down the field and again, the offense is moving well. Jared Goff throws a horrible interception, right? So there, that to me was the story of the game. It was just that you gave them like false confidence and momentum early on in the football game. Bill Sims in his podcast. It's just, again, this is my point with Detroit. It's like, oh my God. If Detroit just used their kickers, it's a 22-21 game. And you still probably win it because the Lions are embarrassing. But if they just used their kickers, meaning kicked or punted, if they just did those things, they have 21 points and you have 22. 
And again, maybe you don't even have 22 because good point by Sims. This is one that I missed yesterday. Zappi's first drive began at Detroit's 45-yard line. Correct. Rookie quarterback first start. If he was ever nervous, well, that sure ended that. And now he's free and easy. He's on the plus side of the field, one first down, and he gets three points on his first drive, and he's off and running. How's that for coaching? And then he had to throw one pass to get in the field goal range. One pass, and there it is. It's like, holy peep. But no, now Matt Patricia's vindicated. That's great. Uh, that's what we're doing now? Yeah, except you know, you know when uh, after week one you asked Bedard, the Miami game, did it look worse or better on tape? And he said, worse? I had the same experience with Detroit this week. Like when I went back and looked at the game, worse. Lions, worse. Even worse than I thought in real time. Uh, Mike. Horrible. Absolutely freaking horrible, the Lions. Going back, that third, I think it was third and two when they lost seven yards on that play. The Lions you're talking about. Yeah, and I was in Dan Campbell's press conference. He was asked about it, and he said that we had a really good call. We felt good about that call. And going back on film, he was right. They had the Patriots in the perfect defense and guess what? They dropped they're the ball. Stup- no, well, they're stupid right guard. Well, that, but they're, their right guard pulled left instead of right. He's supposed to pull and kick out Dietrich Wise. If he does that, it might go for a touchdown. But they had plays like that all day long where they just screwed the pooch. And it was unbelievable. I mean, at the end of the day, both the Patriots and the Lions each had three drives of 57 yards or more. That's it. They, they basically evened themselves out. Again, so the Detroit's first drive, they... Go for it. Stupidly at their own 45. They're, uh, seven of their next eight possessions. This is where they ended up. At the New England 18, and not ended up, but where they got to. Because in some of these cases, they actually yeah, get, they moved backwards go. once they got there. But their deepest penetration on seven of their next eight drives were Patriots 18, Patriots 31, Patriots 25, Patriots 34, Patriots 5, Patriots 31, Patriots 18. If they just kicked their 21 points... They don't have the strip sack fumble, so take seven off the Patriots. That's 22 to 21. But no, now Matt Patricia's been, okay, boy, that's what we're doing? Curtis in the car, lead us off this hour quickly. Gentlemen, uh, you you made all the points about the game, so I just want to say, like, this this constant uh, pass the honks and the fans give of Bill Belichick and his team, it's like Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia invite the media and all the fans to a party. Bill comes in the middle of the room and dumps on the topic, takes a big crap on the topic, but he lights a couple of Yankee candles and knocks the smell off it. So you're like, oh my God, Bill, he's so incredible. Who crapped in the middle of the floor? You just magically forget that he brought the dump to the topic. You know, he put this crap show together. Everyone just forgets that because he coaches it up a little bit. It's a good point. He's coaching his way out of another mess, maybe, apparently, presumably, potentially. But never mind, as Curtis so eloquently put it, he's the one that took the deuce on the carpet in the first place. Yeah, I think Jared Goff took the deuce on the carpet Sunday. <laughs> that's, that's my two cents. Martin on the Cape, is Matt Patricia vindicated? No, Mike, sorry, but there's no redemption for Matt Patricia. We'll never forget that he, he does have one of the greatest defensive plays in Super Bowl history. <laughs> And I'm not watching the simulcast, but even on radio, I can hear the slouching. So please sit up straight when ripping Pat Patricia. I'm telling you, if if they start beating good competition and putting up points, and the offense shows improvement, I will say it. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. I don't have a horse in the fight necessarily. I, I just hate uh, the the blah the blah stuff that comes from the team. I, I can't stand it. But if the offense improves. And they beat good competition. I will give Patricia his credit. Of course. Absolutely. I just, boy, 
every offensive metric has gone backwards from last year. They have the easiest offensive schedule in the league to this point. And now we're going to sit here and say, is Patricia vindicated? I just, I call me crazy. I feel the timing's off on that one. I just do. But that's how desperate I think the Patriots are to turn around some of the narratives because they're sensitive to the narratives. Anthony and Nadek, go Anthony. After 10 years of listening to you, Mike, Boston does need you. You are the, you're you. the voice of Thank reason. Thank you. Thank God I'm there's, here. There's no question. And I'll tell you what the agenda is, Mike. The agenda is take fear. Guys like Greg, Greg, I love listening to you, man. I mean, your football IQ is through the roof. You probably have Appreciate a higher it. football IQ than Matt Patricia. I mean, <laughs> let's honestly look at it, though. People are so afraid on this Bailey take that he can take the job over because it's so unrealistic and it doesn't seem sensible. But this, this is the thing. It's not who's better. Matt's better. We all know that. But how can anybody look at Bill Belichick over the last 20 years and say that this kid's job is safe? I said it yesterday. I'll say it again today. Jones doesn't come back in until Bailey screws up. Okay. Are we sure Mac Jones is better? I mean, physically, he's obviously, in my mind, you know, he's just taller. That's a fact. I think he's got a better arm. But that's disputed. You know, some people say that Z- Bailey Zappi's got a little more zip on his ball than Mac Jones. I mean, it's not awful, but no, it's not, it's not better than Jones. J- Jones has a better arm. Like Jones has better tools. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he does too. I think he's more yeah. mobile too. If you can believe it, I think he's faster. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's wrong to say okay. that, but there's a lot of guys who have better tools. This is what I'm saying. Are we looking at the wrong thing? Is it possible we're looking at the wrong thing? Well, so up until this point, though, it wasn't about Jones's tools, right? Those weren't his strength. What is was strength was some of the intangibles, like some of the unmeasurables. So we've been focused on that with Jones. Like, does Zappy have higher football IQ than Jones? Is that what you're getting? Yeah, at? And, and yeah, intent. Yeah, it, I'm f- not there yet. Football IQ, poise in the pocket. I'll tell you what he might have is po- better pocket presence. Does he see the field better? Like things maybe that I, that I couldn't possibly quantify. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I think you also need to put this into the equation that you know Mac Jones is coming off of last year. You know. A really good operation plan had an answer to everything that we're doing, and then he comes into this year and everything's turned on his head. So I think that's thrown him for a loop. Uh, and at some point, he's got to get past it, and I think he will. But you know, Bailey Zappi just comes in wet behind Wait, the ears. Is Bailey Zappi more coachable? And Maybe. Does, does that make him a better? Pe- okay. Like- can I give you another one that's an obvious difference that we haven't focused on? Quickly. How about the pocket? Yeah. Jones didn't have a pocket the first three weeks. This kid this week didn't get breathed on. Mm-hmm. There was nobody near him. Four they times. Kept, yeah, they kept in extra blockers the whole, you know, and he, and he didn't throw a whole hell of a lot. But he really was un, was not ever under any pressure. So, like, it's hard to do apples to apples. And, and look, I'm telling you, there's a lot to like with Zappy in terms of some of the intangibles. You might be right. We might be looking at the wrong places. But I think that this year is not apples to apples. Jones got fed to the Lions. All right, uh, we'll pick this up after we get to 10 questions. There are, like, two things that have now just taken over the league, and that is some really disgusting roughing the passer calls and an absolute proliferation, a a fungus, a plague, a plague of two-point conversion and fourth-down attempts. We'll get to all that in our 10 questions right after this. 
Upgrade your kitchen with a new full Hisense kitchen suite exclusively at Lowe's. Shop the range with built-in air fry, stainless dishwasher, and more. And we deliver to make your appliance purchases easier. Save with free delivery on items priced $2.99 or more. Plus, get up to an additional $500 off select major Hisense appliances. Go to your local Lowe's store or visit Lowe's.com today to get started. Offer ends 1019 and cannot be combined with other discounts. Savings vary based on eligible total purchase. See associate or Lowe's.com for details. He doesn't ask much of the audience. Okay, play with me. Except to love him. The worst sign in New England sports is you. Mass. The quiet half of Felger and Mass. <laughs> On 98.5, the sports hub. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5, the Sports Hub. All right, a lot to get to today. 10 questions, 10 minutes. Need to stay on time. Jimmy, what are our buzzer options? No Mac Jones, no problem. Yeah, man. Bill Belichick masturbates to that. Go ahead. He does run hard, though, and I thought there's... (laughs) Speaking of... Go ahead, next. Tom and Quincy. Uh, Tom, do you have zappy fever? Let's get a. I guess not. Roar! Roar! It's the lion, lion. Last one. Joe! (laughs) Joe! We always keep our listeners riveted. Uh, Yesterday, that was uh, Joe and Maine. All right, hit it, Jimmy. Joe! Joe! What was the dumber fourth quarter two-point conversion attempt last night? The Chiefs with seven minutes left when the kick would have given them an eight-point lead or the Raiders with four minutes left when the kick would have tied it? Well, I didn't initially agree with McDaniels. To me, it was Andy Reid by far. I mean, just kick the kick the extra point and you're up eight and you, you, increase their, you decrease their likelihood of tying the game. They got to pull off a two-point conversion. You know, it's, it's, it's advantage you at eight points. Chiefs. Chiefs is worse. Go up eight. Make them score twice, basically. That's what it is. What are you doing? I thought that was stupid. I hated both, but I thought the dumber of the two was the Raiders when why go for two with four minutes remaining on the clock and you're down by one? I just I don't I don't understand to kick it, trust your defense, or go to overtime, you moron. Murray's right. Murray's right. Not against my not, homes. And, and not the way it played out. I mean it's it played not, out exactly oh, the way McDaniels it's, it's not about how it played out. It's about the situation when you did it at the time. Kansas City had no kicker. Kansas City had no kicker. Part of the reason Kansas City went for two is they're petrified. They're on their third kicker or fourth kicker, whatever it is, and the guy's a puddle. So that's part of the reason they went for two in the first place. If you tie the game, Kansas City's going to be in a spot where, you know, do we kick it here? Do we go for it? We don't trust our kicker. They might have to score a touchdown, but either way, Oh, my God, that was ridiculous by McDaniels. What is he doing? Yeah, I didn't mind it. I don't give the ball back to Mahomes here in a tie game. He keeps coming. He gets the ball either way. Yeah, What's right. the diff? No, but the point is, not in a tie game, I said. Put, try to put a little pressure on him where they have to score because they don't have a kicker. So they're not going to set up to take a field goal it, here because they don't have a kicker. The failure was just so richly deserved, though. Just d- don't overthink it. It is a plague. It is a plague on this league. It is, I mean, boy, is it cliche to say it's gone too far, but oh my God, when you watch games around the league, what is going on? 
between the two-point conversions and our next topic. Hit it. Roar. Roar. What was the worst failed fourth down decision from the weekend? Two options. The Chargers going for it on fourth and two from their own 46. They were up two points, 114 left at Cleveland, and the Browns had no timeouts. And the a-hole went for it, and it failed. Or the Bengals going for it on fourth and goal from the two, down three points late in the third quarter at Baltimore. Which was worse? They were both horrible, but by far the Chargers. I mean, dude, just punt the ball. I mean, it's just ridiculous. They only had to gain 10 yards, and they got it. The guy just missed the field goal. They should have lost. Chargers. Chargers, now we're afraid of Jacoby Brissetko in the length of the field. J- Jacoby, again, I told you, I'm not, I don't want to give the ball to Mahomes in a tie game when he, you know, he can screw you. So, but the other guy, Brissett, I got to worry about him. Oh, the Chargers way worse. Again, I hate both, but Chargers, given where they were in the field position, but it also had one of his very own p- players, Keenan Allen, who's injured and on the couch watching, tweeting about saying, what the hell are we doing? No, no, what's happening in the league? Who are they? These between the fourth down conversions, the two point conversion. What is the matter with you people? They've all lost their minds. Oh my god! Next, he does run hard though, and I thought there's <laughs> thoughts on Tom Brady's roughing the passer call Sunday against Atlanta. I didn't hate it. I thought it was a little much on the toss. I hated the other one that we're going to talk about. It's proof that we have a new precedent in the league. That whole whip tackle thing. Like, because that was the play the Tua got hurt on. Brady didn't hit his head on the turf, but that's what that is. You can't whip the quarterback now. One of the great calls I've ever seen. <laughs> For everyone that I've ever seen that's mad about it online and has been chirping me about it, good. Stay mad because that was the right call. Okay, two things bug the crap out of me. One is how Brady sold it. Oh, you little bitch. Oh, they, he kicks his leg up. Like, ah, like, ah. <laughs> you know, oh, my God. You petulant two-year-old on your back having a tantrum. Oh, my God, is that horrible look. But not as bad as you, you people out there. Because when he was doing that here, oh, what did I hear from you? Nothing, zero, crickets, nothing, nothing. He's rolling around bitching for calls. What would you say? Oh, you don't like it? I never heard a word from you people. Now, No, but now, now that he's a buccaneer and he gave you the high hat, all of a sudden... You're on Tom Brady for the roughing calls? You people are pathetic. That's the only thing more, anything more pathetic than Brady uh, on his back like a two-year-old boy is you. You people out there. Just change the uniform and all of a sudden you see what you see or you don't see what you don't see? God, I hate that. Next. Tom and Quincy. Uh, Tom, do you have zappy fever? Let's get a... Oh, oh, me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was the worst, worst roughing call? That Brady one or the one last night on Chris Jones? The Chris Jones one. I mean, it, it, look, he just landed on him. These quarterbacks need to get in the weight room. I mean, this is football. Like, you can't pre- prevent these 330-pound guys from landing on you. It's part of the deal. I say last night, he, he stripped him. He took the ball. Like, the, it was a turnover for crying out loud. So now you strip the ball, you can't lean on the quarterback while you're taking the ball away? That's not. Like, what the hell is that? This one last night with Chris Jones. And, of course, it was a bad call on Brady. I'm just having fun with it. But this last night, like Matt said, it's a turnover. And there really wasn't that much force with it. Those people were right to be pissed. He even put his hand down when they hit the ground. Yeah. They showed it. He tried. He did. He absolutely tried. That was a joke. That's freaking, you know what? Just just take the pads off. Play flag. Like, seriously, if that's what you're going to do, let's just play flag. It's pathetic. Aikman said last night during the broadcast, you got to take the skirt off. You know, so get, get ready for Trenny with a picket sign, Troy. You're going to drive into your, pull into your driveway today, and there's, 
They're going to be out there with pickets, man. Oh, it already started online. You can't say that, dude. Can't say that. Uh, next. Roar, roar, roar. Did the Giants win over Green Bay and London say more about New York or the Packers? The Packers. I told you last week the Packers are not a good team. Do you need any more evidence? Green Bay, 100% Green Bay. They had the game in the bag on top of it, and they freaking gave it away. The Giants aren't that good. They just don't F up. If you leave them in it, they'll take it. Oh, it's Green Bay, 100%. Packers, 100%. I mean, that offense and the passing game is broken, but their defense is also widely overrated. It's about them. Said more about the Giants. Uh, again, you don't have to tell me about the Packers. The Green Bay is just the team to have an overseas trip let it crawl into their head, and then succumb to it. They're the exact team that that happens to. They were bitching about the time difference all week before the game started. But they're just that kind of team. I knew that about them. Uh, if you watched it, between Dayball and Daniel, they kind of picked them apart. That offense works. And uh, Green Bay's defense was as bad against them as they were against you or anyone else. It's just what the – they have good players on that side of the ball for Green Bay, but they just – there's no impact there nope. for some reason. It's crazy how they, they don't put it together and have an impactful defense. But I thought the Giants were impressive. To me, I knew Green Bay was that kind of team. I didn't know the Giants were capable of doing that. Next. ball can coach. Yeah, it looks like it. Next. Joe! <laughs> Joe! Toolbag question. Who's the biggest toolbag Cleveland Brown of all time? Johnny Mansell. First round pick, Good two one. years. Good I one. mean, it's just a disaster. I'd prefer to go after Murray because I have three names on my list. Kellen Winslow the second. Remember when he stood oh, yeah. in his oh, okay. I mean, never mind the fact he's in jail, and rightfully yeah. so, but when he first came into the league, I'm a, I'm a soldier. Oh, I hated him immediately. <laughs> Kellen Winslow Jr. Art Modell, Bill Belichick, Michael Lombardi. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. No Mac Jones, no problem. Number four, Matt Rule got fired yesterday, and we all know who's next, like Nathaniel Hackett, maybe Ron Rivera. I want you to give me someone who's sneaky should be fired. Cliff Kingsbury. That team is a disaster, and it looks like he's losing control of it by the week. Dan Campbell. That's a freaking clown Ooh. show. What, because they're the Lions? We're going to say it's okay to suck as a coach? And because you have a personality and some lovable dope in the weight room? Like, your team blows. Matt Patricia is vindicated. Josh McDaniels, swing and a miss, strike two, no more chances. Good one, you good one, go. Murray. Now, the answer is that dweeb with the Chargers. Oh, Brandon oh, Staley. Yeah, yeah. Purposely forget his name. That Good God. Next. He does run hard, though, and I thought this. <laughs> What's the big mess? What's the bigger group of losers? Those who go to the black hole or those who go to the dog pound? dog pound because at least the black hole occasionally sees some good football and it's good weather and the dog pound is just it's miserable definitely the dog pound let me dress up like a dog and bark <laughs> loser loser capital l loser the freak show out in the black hole again at least there's sort of an intimidation factor yep. in some old man some fat Old man from Ohio, dressed up as a dog, barking at me, loser. That's basically what I was going to say. I mean, Maz stole the thunder. But, yeah, I'll just. I'll You're so that. wrong. Dog pound.
As opposed to that Star Trek convention. But at yeah. least some of them look intimidating, man. No, no. You guys are dorks. You think the Star Trek stuff is probably pretty cool. At least there's a guy who's got he a does. sword through his head or something. I'd rather be a dog oh, than dressed like up a like a cyborg. Are you kidding me? Ahead, They're hanging on to the 1980s yeah. for crying out loud. Oh, my God. The, 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 the these black, fat pigs the that black look hole. like drooling bloodhounds. No, go ahead and bark. Go ahead. The black hole is so Do much it, dorkier. It. It's not even funny. It is so. It is so much dorkier. Here you go, Mikey. Oh. Go fetch. <laughs> oh my God! Next. Roar! Roar! Roar. <laughs> Murray can do it. Number two. When the Browns moved to Baltimore in the mid '90s, and Cleveland was awarded an expansion team, should they have started over with a new brand, new uniform, new team, a new team name, all that, a clean break, or were they right to stick with the Browns? At the time, I wanted them to stick with the Browns, but after what's transpired, they needed a clean break. They should have had a clean break. Absolutely. The only again, it fits though because they crap their pants every Sunday. <laughs> it's like this. It's a whole new franchise, but it's the same thing. Exactly. It's yeah. unbelievable. Oh yeah, you can take the Browns out of Cleveland. You can't take the Cleveland out of the Browns. <laughs> and for that, I say stick with the same because those losers loved that franchise. So give those slobs what they want. I think they were right to keep it the same. I, I, I do wonder if some of these teams should just consider what in the radio business we would call it a format change. Like if you're the Lions, don't don't change the ownership. Just say, you know what? We're going to change the whole format. We're going to change the whole thing. We're going to ditch the team name, ditch the colors, start all over, and just you know see if that changes it. Uh, but I'm with you. Like in real time, I thought it was cool that the Browns stayed the Browns. In hindsight, then could have used a whole new thing. All right, next, Joe. <laughs> Joe. Who's your favorite Cleveland Brown of all time? It'll always be Jim Brown, but let me give you an, another name. Brian Sipe. I from love my childhood. I love Did you, I did you love know Sipe. that he won an MVP in 1980 and he was third in 1979? Oh, that was a bad interception he threw in the end zone, though, He buddy. was good, though. Remember took, that against the Raiders? He took him to the AFC Championship game. And I think he? he threw that pick in the end zone against the Raiders. I think that was the AFC title game. I liked Sipe. Me too. Uh, bonus points if you can tell me who he played for in the USFL. Two teams. Oh, no idea. Birmingham. Ooh. Jacksonville Bulls and then the uh, New Jersey Generals. Wow. Yes, go ahead, Mark. Uh, Braylon Edwards. A lot of trash there over the years, but I always thought Braylon, Braylon Edwards, those first four or five years that he was there was real good. Okay, thus concludes 10 questions. We will uh, pick up some of the rough in the passer stuff and two-point conversion stuff right after these words. The most popular afternoon radio show in Boston. I don't want to know what this means. Felger and Mass. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like, what? I, I don't know what that is. 95, the sports up. From the ref point of view, he probably looked like that initially. But, you know, and when you look at the replay, it's a whole different thing. So I think now the, to evolve roughing the pass and protecting the quarterback is essentially what we're doing in this league. we got to be able to look at roughing the passers in the booth. There's Chris Jones. Is that the answer on roughing the passer? See, I, I blame the refs less than I do the league because you, you, you know what happened. With the Tua stuff, the owners... Or the competition committee, same thing, went to the refs and said, we got to crack down, all of us. Spotters, doctors, refs, got to call the roughing, the slinging, the flinging, the landing on the quarterback, all that stuff. It's not the refs. It's a whole crackdown. And so the refs go, oh, oh, okay. And now anytime someone lands on someone or flings someone, they throw the flag because the owners told them to. So 
Is more replay the answer on that? No, no. That'll slow everything down. This is a complete overreaction to the Tua thing, like you said. And I think you've got to give it a few weeks. I don't think this is going to be like this this whole season. You've got to let this play out over the next two or three weeks because the Tua you know, the Tua thing is at a fever pitch. And I don't know. By the middle of November, hopefully, it reverts to back what it, to what it used to be. That replay is not going to solve it. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. Because the last thing I want is more replay. No, the, the, it's not going to solve it anyway. I mean, again, how does replay necessarily change the play last night? He landed on him, like you know, fact, end of story. So what it is is it's what Dan Campbell said in his post game press conference, or maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was the Atlanta coach. Sorry, Arthur Smith, where he said, "I got to coach it better." Meaning we're going to have to eliminate that kind of tackle. We got to take it out. We got to tell our guys you can't whip the quarterback, and like you know, you just can't do it. So I'm, I'm crossing games now. Well, I'm no, going no, to the Atlanta uh, Tampa game. I understand it's the same story, the, and the refs have to be really quick with the in the grasp. If you just you want to coach these guys, don't take them to the ground. Then fine, you wrap them, blow the whistle. Don't let Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes or one of these good running quarterbacks spin out of a tackle attempt. And run. You can't have it both ways. If you, you know, which I'm fine with. I want to protect the quarterbacks too. I understand it's the direction of the game. So let's let's make it fair. You you tell those guys if you can avoid tackling to the ground, fine. You wrap them. Plays over. Pull the whistle quickly. There was one just like that last night. I think it was Max Crosby's first. I, I remember sack. it. That's right. Absolutely. He, and they blew that whistle pretty quick because right. I was like, oh, is he going to take him down? But like, nope. He just had wrapped him, and then the whistle came pretty fast. So then help the defense out there because I mean, what are you supposed to do? The two, so the, the the roughing thing we've been over. Like I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I, the the two pointers and the fourth down attempts, I feel like are almost more of a problem. And that McDaniel's two pointer last, I think you guys are, are wrong about that. Here's Josh describing or explaining why he went for the two. Felt like in that situation, you know, we hadn't, you know, we hadn't really. They had kind of had a lot of momentum offensively, obviously in the second half, and um, just you know, we had a play that we felt really good about. We thought we would get a look that gave us a shot at it for sure. Uh, we had a chance. We had a fair fight at it. You know, they played it a little bit better than we did and uh, gave ourselves an opportunity to take the lead there and, you know, and then maybe put a little extra pressure on them when they had the ball. You know, nothing more, nothing less. Just trying to be aggressive, trying to win the game. And I know it was four and a half or whatever the time was, but uh, just, you know, our team felt good about it um, and just, you know, felt like that was the right call at the right time. So, uh, so unlike these other calls, I, I, Greg, I think, said this off the air. I don't think this was analytics-based. Mm-hmm. I think it was, and I think Josh should, you know, explained it. It was about the feel of the game, the momentum of the game. You put that one little extra bit of pressure on Mahomes. I would say analytically it was probably the wrong call because now if we go back to John Harbaugh's comment a couple weeks ago, if they go up with that two-point conversion, now Mahomes gets a fourth down all the way up the field, increasing yep. the Chiefs' odds of scoring, so that's another reason why I think Josh's decision that was stupid. I don't think it was analytics based; it was feel based, but it was still really wrong. I thought. Yeah, I, I thought it was wrong in the moment. I still think it was wrong because I it, it felt to me, and you know, knowing McDaniel's a little bit, I think that they went into this game thinking if it's if we have a chance to take the lead late, we're going to do it because you know. And I thought they scored earlier than ideal, and I think he pushed it there. That, you know, maybe with like less than two minutes, we're going for the win. Like that sort of thing. And then because they had it in their mind and they thought they had a really good plan from or a play from what they saw in film, I think he, I think he pushed the decision. Now, that being said, I see 
as a coach and analytically, I'm not a big analytics guy. I, I am more of a, a gut guy and feel for the game. But I do see the logic in it, that if you get it, now uh, now you, you basically want the, the Chiefs, you're hoping the Chiefs rely on their kicker. That you want to put that kid's been he made the fifty nine yarder, but everything else he was a disaster on. So you're hoping that it comes down to him and he's going to spit the bit. If you don't get it, now the Chiefs are going to play a little bit more conservative and they're not going to play all four downs. So you you increase your chances of getting the ball back. And the way it played out, McDaniel's had it exactly right. I mean, before the game as a coach, you're saying. I don't want Patrick Mahomes to have the ball at the. I I want to have the ball at the end with a chance to win the game. And they had it. They came up twenty yards short. They had it exactly the way they wanted it, even though they did not play a clean game at all with two stupid penalties that basically gave the Chiefs ten points. And <laughs> and the defensive they, holding on the field goal. Oh yeah, how'd you like that defensive holding on the field? They goal. said that hasn't been called since like twenty fifteen. Jesus. Anyway. I mean, how about they? I think the the Raiders had three flags thrown on them in the first half, and after the roughing the passer, eight in the second half, including that one, which he Make missed up. the field goal, and then Kelsey got a touchdown on it. Makeup call, yep, which is fine because the roughing the passer call was atrocious. But you know, either way, I I'm sorry, Josh should have just kicked it right there. I didn't. Have I a, agree. I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, I I I totally because again. If you tie the game, the ball's in Patrick Mahomes' hands. He's they can do any assortment. Okay, but they're not going for it on fourth down. And also, the kicker and, doesn't and, feel quite as not, much pressure and, in tie and, game. Yeah, and but, just and just running out the clock doesn't do them anything. Yeah, you're not going to stop them. Not with the way that was going. They just did. Mm, they I did. Guess, well, I right, guess that's right, true. They, just, they yeah. did. They, but the, so then they get the ball back. So what's the big deal? No, the big deal is it would have been that, tied. And yes, and so now they go to overtime if they don't get the field goal. Yeah, I'm not but, giving the ball back. To but Mahomes you're also hoping when they line up for a field goal that a tie game that kid's not feeling as much pressure as down by a point. I have to make this or the game's over. No, nah, that's way down the list of reasons to do it. You guys are wrong. It's all right. <laughs> uh, well, what I do think is amazing is boy that doesn't speak to Derek Carr. That touchdown pass to Adams in the fourth quarter off of one foot that dime from, what, 55 yards in the air, whatever that was. I mean, as good of a ball as you'll see. Tremendous. But he can't pick up third and one with the game on the line. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. and I know Adams probably should have caught the ball on the sidelines. That he was should a have. close call. If you want me to go off on that, like I thought we got away from the ball just coming loose a little bit. As long as the receiver has control, the ball could come loose a little bit. We weren't going to circumcise the mosquito like that on the replays. I thought that was a new thing. So that one could have gone either way. I mean, it definitely, he, you know, he juggled it a little bit, but he never lost control. So anyway, I'm surprised that they reversed that or that that one could have gone either way. He should have caught that one. But either way, I didn't love the throw. He let him too far out of bounds. He was wide open. Just put a little balloon up a little closer on the inside of his shoulder and it's game over. Yeah. I look again. And said Carr leads him outside and he can't come up with the toe tap. And it's like, well, that's just typical Derek Carr. I don't disagree with that either. I mean, he's a loser. And I would tell you, I'm also paying my receiver 28 million bucks a year or whatever the hell the number is to make that play. It's true. So, and the, and the other thing is again, and I know what you're saying about the blitz, Greg. Yeah. I'd have run the ball. They hadn't stopped Josh Jacobs all night. Absolutely. Yeah, but I he was I, getting seven yards a carry. I've heard it before. Even when the Patriots go up against Spagnolo, you know you're going to get zero blitz. It's how they burn them on those two touchdown passes to Adams. You know you're getting zero blitz. You just gotta 
throw it out there and do it, and they did it the, the, on fourth down, and they had the two guys just ran into each other. I don't know who was wrong. They're obviously not both supposed to be there. I mean, it's basically, I think, it's supposed to be a rub thing, and probably Adams is supposed to be wide open because Carr threw it to the middle of the field. I think it's supposed to be a rub type of situation. They just mistimed it, or else it's a walk-off touchdown. I just hate that play. It's like, come on, it's a yard. What are we doing? Either way, we've got so much to bitch about with these games. Uh, so we'll pick up with some final thoughts from Bedard before he gets out of here and your calls long commercial free segment is what kind of hard hitting analysis can you expect from Belger and Mass this football season it's going to be a stupid off Belger and Mass the sports up well Horkens will put it down Hewlett will snap it spot at the 44 16 seconds left Browns down by 2 Here's York. Snap back. Ball down. He's into it. End of our end. That kick is up, and it is good. No, he missed it. It looked good, and then it veered right. No good. The Browns are going to be kicking themselves. As your thoughts? Did you see that kick? I did. Talk about a slice. <laughs> Holy crap. What, you know what was hysterical? Holy crap. They showed him in the pregame. Yeah, he was doing the same did thing. Did you see that cut, that clip it. of him? Like I did see that. It was one after the next. Slice, 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 slice. It was it was insane. It's like, oh my god! And then he got to the game winner. It was slice. the ex- exact same thing. I mean, it was uncanny how many of those he hit. I Murray, I say this is all the love in my heart. That was the old you on the driving <laughs> range. Thanks. Like the old you, Murray. I said the old you. It's very kind of you. But it was like (laughs) you could set your watch by the freaking thing. Holy crap. That was embarrassing. Every single one he had in the pregame. Slice, slice, slice. Gets out there in the game. And it looks like it's going straight off the foot. And it's like it freaking gets blown right. It's unbelievable. It's a slider. Like a a wiffle ball slider. tailing, Tailing fastball. Anyway, Greg, your thoughts on the Browns? So just looking, I haven't watched any film. I start with Football Outsiders DVOA. That's my sort of my starting point when I look at a team. And also, look, um, you know, looking at the schedule and what they've done, they've beaten the Panthers and the Steelers, very similar to you being the Steelers and the Lions. So, you know, similar in that regard. I think the two teams are very similar. Uh, overall, Cleveland has uh, is 12th in DVOA. New England is 16th. Um, they uh, The Cleveland... Has a really good offense, fourth overall, number one rushing offense and efficiency. Uh, They're bad on defense. Again, another bad defensive team, 30th overall defensively, 16th against the pass, 32nd against the run. So this is like the third straight week the Patriots have gone against a crap bag run defense, which even if it's Bailey Zappi, it plays right into how you want to play this game. Except you only have one back now. So they got to figure out a way to mitigate some of that work. Big deal. But you don't know. But Bring you know Sonny what? Michelle back. Like, I, look, I, I'm not telling you it's a deal breaker. I'm just saying I think this game's tougher than people think it is. Oh, for the, sure. Patriots on the road. Like, you know, who are the Patriots to be thumbing their nose at any sort of opponent? I'll tell you who the Patriots are. They're not the Browns. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett's a capable backup, though. And yeah, but Stefanski's an idiot. Don't it, take the cheese, Mass. They're going to blow this team don't up. Don't take the cheese. <laughs> the, this is where the Pats get fat. They're yeah. still... They're still the Patriots when it comes to this. I'm not taking the cheese. And that is making the bad look worse. The bad looking even worse than they are. I don't think Cleveland's as bad as everyone thinks. It's it's like their specialty. Taking a sucky team and making them look even suckier. Yeah, because they'll they'll have a great plan against Miles Garrett, just like they did against Hawkinson. They knocked him all 
over the place. I love how the Patriots got a first down on a sack because of a little hold down the field. Yet Matthew Judon on a, I think it was a fourth down play, completely leveled Hawkinson seven yards beyond the line of scrimmage <laughs> and no flag. But they'll take care of Miles Garrett. If Jadavion Clowney feels like playing this week, they'll take care of him. They'll let them run past the the quarterback. You know, Zappy or Mac Jones will scramble a little bit. You know, the Browns do have a good offensive line. I don't love their left tackle, uh, Jedrick Wills. I think he's, a, you know, that's a good matchup for Judon. Amari Cooper, just like he did here for the Cowboys against the Patriots, tapped out in the fourth quarter against the Chargers, you know, wasn't out there. They're just a, they're a soft team. And if the Patriots are still the Patriots and, I expect them to have a really good game plan to take advantage of exactly where the Browns are. So weak. hold on, wait a minute. The Browns are favored by three. Yeah, they're at Correct, home. Yeah. Oh, pound the Patriots. That's like stealing. You're underrating the Browns. No, I'm not. You're overrating the Patriots. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. You just said a little while ago, like the tie uh, the Tigers, the the Lions had they just kicked field goals would have been in the game. Yeah, but they didn't because they're the Lions, and we'll say the same thing about the Browns. Mm. The Browns will be competitive from a yardage standpoint, as Bill Belichick likes to say, and <laughs> they'll do a half a dozen insanely stupid things, and you won't, and you'll win. These are the games you win. This is going to be a game. So. Yeah, for like a quarter. I'm with Mike on this. Yeah. Still the Cleveland Pick it and stick it, Maz. You yeah. lose. I guess I'm going to lose that yep. one this week. You're going to lose out on that yeah. one. They know you the two. secrets against you Jacoby. Yeah, the t- I'm going to lose to these two zappy heads. Greg, uh, quickly, <laughs> how does the quarterback thing play out this week? Your thoughts? Uh, good question. I don't think – I think this is still early for Mac. I assume he's going to try really hard. Um, you know, He does not want to give up his position, and it's, and it's easier to get it back after one game against the Lions then maybe two in a road victory and you know maybe the kid does something against adversity then it gets a little bit tougher but i i think it's a i think it's a serious injury i don't think that he is he's going to be ready i think he's more around like 60% and i don't really like putting him out there and and if i'm mac i'm looking at the long play here and they need him better just with everybody with judon with mac jones it's all about the last seven games of the season. That's the way the whole season should be shaped up because they're going to do what they did last year in this middle part. And I expect them to be five and three, six and three, something like that. And then it all comes down to the end of the season where they have thrown up on themselves three years running. Okay. Thanks for coming in, big boy. We appreciate it. All right. See you As guys. always, see you, Greg. folks, we'll get, you're all lined up. You've been sitting there for a while. I promise. We'll get right to your calls next hour. I also have something for you on David Pasternak. So that's coming up. But your calls right after Murray's 90 second update. No commercial. This sports up on demand content is sponsored by Coors Light. Chill on with game day greats when you grab an ice cold Coors Light and watch the football game this week at Hooters in Dedham, Saugus, Shrewsbury, or West Springfield. Hooters makes you happy this football season. Chill on.